Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is Secretary of State John Merrill. Also, the V-Team takes a look at state revenues are up. And Tommy Tuberville would rather fight than debate. Well, I'm just that kind of guy. I'd make it. Tough guy. Know what I mean, Byrne? All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt and Josh Moon. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, happy to be here. We are too, I tell you. It's uh, just a few days to the general election, you know, a little, little less than uh, two weeks, and I am ready. Uh, one of the things we wrote about this week over at the Alabama Political Reporter, and I was shocked to learn this, is that Alabama is the fourth least politically engaged state in the nation, according to a survey by Wallet Hub, which is a reputable firm. You know, because we're in politics all the right. time, you, you think that people are engaged, right, Josh? But as it turns out, when you look at the, 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 the criteria that they, they looked at, Alabama is fourth from the last. I, I would have never thought that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can I can understand that. Um, you know, because I think that, that that's that's kind of a byproduct of, of being a one party state. Uh, sometimes uh, that you know when when there's no real uh, decision to be made. I guess at poll, you know, big decisions to be made at. Uh, when you go into the voting booth there, I think some people kind of you know, shirk it off. Uh, and I think we've had these discussions. And I'll tell you this, I don't think that we make some of the decisions that we make in this state uh, in terms of electing people, in terms of letting things slide that, that we let slide, if we were more engaged and paying attention to the process. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on here that if people knew that it was actually happening, uh, there, there's no way the average person would, would go along with it. And Susan, you would think, I mean, one of the interesting metrics that they, they measured here was that actually Alabama was 45th in the change of percentage of, of people that actually voted from 2012 to 2016. I would have thought that, uh, you know, 2016, the enthusiasm for President Trump's candidacy would have driven that percentage up. But it didn't. It was no, still low. It was still low. And I, honestly, I'm not really su too surprised by this, just, you know, based on the area we live in. People are not really paying that much attention. They do pay attention to Trump, but they don't pay attention to anything down ballot from anything like mm -hmm. that. They, they just pay attention to what the top ticket is and let the rest of it go because they don't want to invest on, or maybe they don't have the time yeah. to invest yeah. in trying to figure yeah. out what's going on. Well, I mean, 37th percentage in the percentage of electric that voted in 2018. I mean, near the bottom of the barrel in the midterm elections, it was, it was pretty. Yeah, and, pretty sad. and, and you, I mean, we've seen that. We've talked about the the low turnout at different places and yeah. and, and times and different uh, you know elections. And you know, I, I think that uh, what Susan said is right. You know, you, you you have people who don't have a lot of time 
Uh, you know, you, right. you, I mean, let's be honest. You, you go to work. Uh, you know, if we if we were working real jobs, you know, that we didn't enjoy, uh, you know, we would, uh, you know, we would go to work every day. I, you know, you come home, take care of the kid, cook a little dinner, eat, watch something on TV, and what's left? You know, I mean, I, uh, it, it's tough to to be engaged in in a lot of things, and especially I think some of the some of the the media stuff gets a little overwhelming to people. You know, trying to yeah. figure out what's true, what's not. You know, what what's on Facebook from your friends. What's you know, and so I think some people just throw their hands up and just watch football. Yeah, and well, let's face it. In this state, we think a twenty something percent turnout of voters is record setting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we only get yeah. we don't really get into the thirties when you're talking about voter turnout here. Well, uh, the, the it's effort. a shame. I'll tell you this. It's, it's a real shame it's that low because I think a lot of people could really, really help themselves a lot if they would, go, mm-hmm. if they would turn out to the polls uh, and just if for a week pay attention to what's going on. Well, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. We always hear about values voters. And I wonder, mm-hmm. doesn't everyone really vote their values? They may not vote their best interests, but they do vote their, their values. I, I was listening to... Uh, Sirius Radio the other day, and they have a Catholic channel. I'm not Catholic, but somehow I switched over to it, and I heard Cardinal Dolan talking about it. Because Cardinal Dolan's a very smart guy, very conservative, charismatic, uh, the Archbishop of New York. And he was saying that people <clears throat> during this election should look at the moral, the moral consequences of casting a vote. And I thought, my God, <laughs> I don't even know how you get there. But if you could get there, it would change the country dramatically. Really but, but we're going to have to move on. Uh, one piece of really fantastic news, Susan, is that Parker, the Public Research Council of Alabama, mm-hmm. did a survey of the state budget and found that we're in good shape this year. We're in good mm-hmm. shape. Now, there's some reasons for that, but the uh, education trust fund budget's up and the general fund budget's up. It is. It is. And that's very exciting news. It, you know, we were coming. We came into this pandemic again with record employment. Right. That was one good thing that really helped. And then when the pandemic uh, came, we thought everything was going to really dip and we were really going to lose a lot of money. But we didn't simply because we got the CARES. You know, four point one billion dollars yeah. from CARES. We got the Paycheck Protection Act uh, that really, really helped. And also something else that was really good because they were concerned about sales tax going down because we were obviously shut down. But the internet sales tax went up dramatically. Right. And another interesting point uh, was ABC sales went up 14 percent. 17 percent. 17 percent. 17 percent. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, keeping us afloat in liquor, baby. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Sus- Susan's right. It was 14 percent. They added 17 million to the general fund and taxes. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't want to yeah. shut those stores down now, do you? Uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, li- uh, yeah, listen, to I- I'll say this. Um, you know, there- there's a lot of talk, and, uh, and it, you know, there's a lot of talk in the debate on Thursday night about, uh, you know, red states and blue states uh, here and-, and who's suffering and who's, who's making things work. And, um, you know, that's a lot of federal money that we've taken uh, in yeah. this state. Yeah. Uh, yep. And to to get, to balance the budget, to make things happen, to to do things, uh, you know, I think I've been fairly pleased with the way Governor Ivy has handled the pandemic and shutting things <coughs> down. I thought you know yep. at times she opened things up a little bit too soon, but you know overall I thought it's worked out pretty well, and I think it could be a pretty good model of looking at the way she's done things in stages, and uh, you know, and it hadn't 
really had the effect, the dire effect that it's had in other places. Now, it's not fair to judge everybody the same because, you know, New York and places like that had a much, much more bleak outlook on things than, than we did in this state. So, you know, they had to, they had to take drastic measures. And so, I, yeah, I, I just I wish we could get to a point where, uh, you know, everybody could uh, could get money that they needed and we could move on from this thing that's hurt a lot of people. Yeah, it has. But we got some good news this week. The budgets are in pretty good shape for the shape they're in. All right, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. We took a chance on him. I knew he was a Democrat. But he promised to get things done. And he sure did. He fought like hell for us farmers. And our rural hospitals. Saved our jobs from trade tariffs. He stopped Washington from denying survivor benefits to our military widows. Senator Jones helped our business grow. He protected coverage for pre-existing medical conditions. Doug Jones worked with everybody. And got things done for Alabama. Doug Jones sure earned my vote. I'm Senator Doug Jones, and I approve this message. The United States was built on the foundations of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Millions of people have defended these pillars of our democracy. Please remember the sacrifice made by these Americans and make time to register to vote and obtain a government photo ID so you too can vote on November 3rd. Voting is a sacred right. Sacrifices made by those who so bravely serve our country should never be forgotten. What are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm John Merrill. As your Secretary of State, I will ensure that all Alabamians have the opportunity to participate in safe, secure, and fair elections. Due to the ongoing pandemic, anyone that wants to be an absentee voter should select the box on the application which reads, I have a physical illness or infirmity which prevents my attendance at the polls. After enclosing a copy of your valid photo ID and following the directions completely, your voice will be heard and your vote will be counted. Through absentee, we'll see you at the polls. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Secretary of State John Merrill. Mr. Secretary, welcome. Hey guys, great to be with y'all. Thanks for welcoming me in, into your home today. Welcome very much. It is the first time you've been at our home. It seems like you should have been here before, but we're <laughs> glad to have you today. Thank you so much. I know this is a busy time and there's a lot going on. One of the things that has changed because of COVID-19, you moved to make absentee voting easy for all Alabamians. Can you tell us how that works and what has been the end result of the changes that you made? Sure. Because of the coronavirus, we wanted to streamline the process so any registered voter would know that they were able to go to the polls and cast their ballot through the absentee process without any encumbrance whatsoever. So 
I invoke Title 17-11-3, which gives me the authority as Alabama Secretary of State to indicate a reason for our voters to vote absentee whenever we're in the time of declared state of emergency. And so what we've encouraged our voters to do is to check the box that says I'm ill or infirm and unable to appear at my polling site on election day. Also mark the box similar to that statement on the affidavit envelope. And if you do so, you know that your voice will be heard and your vote will be counted for the candidate of your choice. Now, I will tell you this. So many people have heard our message and understood what we're trying to say that as of our taping, more than 150,000 voters have successfully returned their absentee ballot and more than 250,000 voters have successfully submitted an absentee ballot application. Now, the highest number of people that have ever voted absentee before this election was 89,000 plus. So as you can see, we have shattered the record and we anticipate that more than 200, maybe up to 250,000 people will submit absentee ballots before November the 3rd. Obviously, people are using that. Uh, Susan and I did that as well. We did our absentee ballot. Certainly did. Uh, didn't find it to be uh, particularly cumbersome. Uh, just learning a new thing was, you know, it's always a diff it's always a process. But, but the we, instructions are there. They're very, very clear. Yeah. But as long as you that thing is going to be fine. We did that, and one of the things that happened, though, is there were lawsuits filed. Uh, people did not like the fact that it requires two signatures or witnesses, uh, did not like some other provisions there, wanted curbside voting. There were lawsuits went forward, the federal courts found one way, and then they, they were struck down, the Supreme Court finally struck down the last uh, of the curbside voting. Why did you fight that lawsuit, those lawsuits, and why was it important to the state? Well, I fought the lawsuits because what they wished for us to do is against Alabama state law. If you don't like the law, that's okay, but there's a way to change it. It's called the legislative process through the Alabama House and the Alabama Senate, but it's not through the federal courts. And one of the reasons why it's important to confirm judges like Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court is because we have liberal judicial activists at the lower court level who would be more interested in legislating from the bench than they would interpret in the law. And that's what happened in this instance. And so what we need is for people who were literally translate the law, the way the law has been written in order to make a determination about what should be done. But I'm telling you now, we are so excited about having a successful administration of this election on November the 3rd. We're just anxious to continue to move forward toward that end. And, and those people that, that cry out for voter suppression, you know, I, I understand that people worry about that, but when you look at the numbers of people that have uh, registered to vote since you've taken office, they're staggering, really. Well, they really are. And since January the 19th, 2015, which is, as of our taping, five years, nine months, and four days ago, we have registered one million 734,767 new voters. We now have a state record wow. 706,736 registered voters 
in Alabama. Those numbers are unprecedented and unparalleled in the history of the state. And per capita, no state in the union has done what we've done in the same period of time, Bill. And look, Susan, you, you'd be pleased to know 96% of all eligible African-Americans in Alabama are registered to vote. 91% white Alabamians are registered and 94% of all eligible Alabamians are registered to vote. But last, let me mention this. We have removed more than 1 million people from the voter rolls in that period of time because those people have moved away, they've passed away, or they've been put away and lost their right to vote. And that's why we have the cleanest and the best, most transparent and accountable voter rolls in the history of the state and will match ours against anyone in the nation. Well, those are great numbers. They're going in the right direction as far as I can tell. And I have to say, because you sent um, me and Josh Moon down one day and we went through the process of removing people from the rolls, and it's a very tight process that they go through and at multiple checkpoints. We've got about a minute and a half, and I want to get to, can people feel assured that their, their absentee ballots are safe and secure? And second part of that, that the process there will be no interference in our voting process. Absolutely. As far as interference is concerned, we work with our public and private partners, Department of Homeland Security, Central Intelligence Agency, Federal Bureau of Investigation, the National Guard, in order to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect the integrity, the credibility of our voter rolls. And we have never had a violation. There's never been a penetration, which has resulted in a compromise of our system. Now, as far as the uh, the absentee ballots are concerned whenever they're received by the absentee election manager the circuit clerk they're placed in a locked box and they remain there until november the third they will be opened at 7 a.m that morning and then your vote will be counted for the candidate of your choice will we know who alabama has cast their vote for for president and senate and the other down ballots on election night Without a doubt, because our process is safe and secure. We are fully prepared for a successful administration of the election, and we will make sure that those people that choose to have their voice heard will have their vote counted on November the 3rd. Well, Secretary Merrill, we know this is a busy time for you. Thank you for joining us. You're always welcome. Bill and Susan, thank you all so much. We'll see you at the polls. At the polls, <laughs> all right. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest has been Secretary of State, John Merrill. We'll be right back. Your career isn't a job, it's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Don't believe Tommy Tuberville's attacks on my husband. I'm Louise Jones. Doug voted to block taxpayer funding of abortions and does not support abortion until birth. Doug supports women making choices about their health with dignity while working to lessen the number of women facing such difficult decisions. Tuberville supports Montgomery's total ban with no exceptions, even for child victims of rape and incest. That's too extreme. 
I'm Senator Doug Jones, and I approve this message. As we celebrate 100 years of women's suffrage, we reflect upon a time when we could not register to vote nor hold public office. But now, we have the privilege of representing the people of Alabama in the state legislature. We must continue to educate and empower women because together, we can continue to shatter records and overcome barriers. Register to vote and obtain your photo ID so you too can exercise your right to vote on November 3rd. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm John Merrill. As we prepare for the general election during the pandemic, it is important for Alabamians to step up and become poll workers. Poll workers are paid officials who protect the rights of registered voters at the polls. Contact your probate judge to learn more or apply online at alabamavotes.gov. If you're 16 or older and enrolled in high school or college, you can apply to become a student poll worker by contacting your probate judge or our office. We'll see you at the polls. Welcome back to The Bee, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, uh, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tommy Tuberville has refused to debate Democrat incumbent Senator Doug Jones. He has also ducked the media. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. We've invited him on this show and he won't come on. Uh, we've, four times. we've invited him to uh, sit down with Alabama political reporter. He's refused to do that. It's not a matter of talking to the media, of us. It's a matter of talking to a mass amount of the electorate. And he refuses to do that. Uh, this past week, a intrepid young reporter did confront him on the fact that he would not debate. And she mentioned to him that he had been called a coward for not debating. And I want to watch that clip because this is classic, well, just classic. He wants to get get me on a stage, uh, give him an opportunity. He, he calls you a coward for yeah. not for not facing him on stage and debating the issues. He says you're a coward and you don't know the issues and you're afraid to face him. What do you say to that? I know the issues a lot more than him, and I want him to tell me that to my face. So Josh, uh, when a reporter nailed him down on not being uh, not knowing the issues and not being willing to debate, what did he do? He tried to act like Ernest P. Worrell as a tough guy. It didn't work, <laughs> did it? Yeah, it turned into look more like Ernest T. Bass. Um, <laughs> it's uh, honest to God, man. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. I, if you're gonna it, look, if you just if you listen to these two men talk, okay, if you listen to what they say and how they say it and what they talk about, you listen to Doug Jones and you listen to Tommy Tucker. I don't know how in the world anybody with a conscience could walk into a voting booth and even put down, even not even bubble in Tuberville's name, bubble in straight Republican on the thing and know that Tuberville's going to get the benefit of that. I don't understand how you could do it. It's, it's, uh, it's so off the charts. He doesn't know anything. 
anything no. at all. He doesn't know. He doesn't. The interesting thing is, is, is it is because he has an R by his name. He's writing the R. That's all he's doing. He's writing the R all the way. All it is, uh, and and we cannot prosper as a state if we have a lousy U.S. senator. I mean, Richard Shelby most likely will retire in the next mm -hmm. two years after this, the, the two years, and then Tommy Tuttle will be the head of Alabama's delegation. He'll be our senior senator mm -hmm. in the Senate. And the guy will not be able to find the bathroom for the first two years he's there. I'm serious. If he's not talking to us now, what makes you think he's going to work for us in D.C.? What, I mean, what he can't talk to his own constituents. What's he going to say when he's in the Congress? And if we know he's incompetent, you don't think Mitch McConnell's going to get that uh, if they retain the... Uh, the uh, Senate, if the Republicans retain the Senate, they they know that. You you don't hear any of these senators coming out and going, that boy Tommy Tuberville, now he's the dude right there. I mean, maybe a few, but there's no there's no push to get a Senator Tommy Tuberville. The other thing is, I thought this was the most ridiculous thing I heard this week. Somebody came up <clears throat> and, and was talking about how Jerry Carl, who's <clears throat> running for Bradley Burns seat, old seat, down in AL1, didn't have a four-year degree. And I thought, he's a successful businessman, right? But I thought, Tommy Tuberville's got a four-year degree. Uh, Barry Moore's got a four-year degree. And, and, and Mo Brooks has a four-year degree from Duke University. And I don't know that the three of them could find their own backside with a GPS and a flashlight, Susan. I would have to agree. So Jerry Carl, without a degree, is probably going to do a better job. You said we can't send a moron. Yes, we can because we've done it before. Okay. Plenty yeah, of times. I mean, I know. We, it, we have to just, move it's on. It's so discouraging. You know, it's so discouraging to look to watch a guy take it seriously and to fight for people and to try to do the right thing, and then to watch this moron skate in. And you know, it's just yeah. so discouraging. I think Josh is passionate about I this think issue. So. Well, one thing that we're going to have to face is that session will start on in, mm -hmm. in February. The mm -hmm. Alabama legislative session was cut short last year. It will have to start in February. There are important issues that have to be addressed. And from my knowledge, they have done nothing to prepare. There's no plan. There, there's I, no we're plan not, we're hearing there's no plan. There's no plexiglass. I mean, how are you going to put all those people into the state house to do the people's business. Now, the last time they locked the public out, you can't do that. That is actually against it's the law. Illegal. It's illegal. Uh, they cannot keep the press out. They cannot keep the public out. And they have not done things to make it safe. Get it together, guys. You need to plan now. It's going to take a little bit of time. You know, I mean, maybe they need to hold it over the Acadome. I mean, or, or you know, somewhere big. Mm -hmm. uh, seriously, you can't just crowd I, people in that space. It, it's the least surprising thing in the world to me that we don't have a plan. I mean, it really <laughs> is. It's, you know, if, if you told me there was a plan, my head would have exploded. I, I mean, it's just, honest to God, it's just, I mean, the I least surprising. Look who's in charge. Look who's in charge. They've never had a plan for anything. And when they took the, when they first went out uh, last session, they said, oh, we're just taking spring break early. Everybody knew exactly yeah. why they were getting the heck out well, of Dodge. They're know, the still on spring break. 
The lieutenant governor has COVID-19. Several senators have COVID-19. Several representatives have, have had COVID-19. It's real, people. We're going to need to protect yourselves and the public when you come back in February. We're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.